Hey folks, welcome to the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Dave DeBow here. And have you ever had the fantasy, the aspiration, the goal, the desire to get the heck out of Dodge, move somewhere else and invest from afar? Well, if you have, if that thought has even crossed your mind, then you're going to love today's episode because our guests are doing exactly that. We've got Michael and Susie, they're zooming in. They've got a company called Adventurous REI, Adventurous Real Estate Investing. They've got a podcast about being adventurous when it comes to real estate investing. And we're going to jump right into the adventure and find out what the heck these guys are doing and why they decided to start living outside of their own backyard. So welcome to the show, you guys. Thanks so much for having us, Dave. We're really excited to be on your podcast and share with your listeners how you can pretty much invest actively or passively from anywhere in the world. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I think most of our listeners are more on the active side of things. So we'll gear things towards that. And let's Perfect. just start with where are you guys today at the time that we are recording this? And where are you from originally? So we are from, not from, we're living in Cambridge, England. And then before here, we were living in Colorado, which was still a very lovely place, but Cambridge was our next calling because Michael came over here. I mean, we both came over here, but Michael got his PhD over here at the University of Cambridge. In oh, for Christ's sake, Michael's one of those smart guys, is he? Mm. <laughs> PhD from <laughs> Cambridge guys, is he? <laughs> uh, let's say I'm smart. I just like to work hard. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well said. Well, congratulations on getting the PhD. But what's more interesting, more important, and more inspiring, even than that, is the fact that you guys are doing that while being active investors and doing deals. And that's what I'm really curious about because, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think the real estate helped give you guys the freedom to be able to pack up and move overseas and hopefully not rack up a gazillion dollars of student debt doing that. Would that be fair to say? <laughs> so thankfully, Michael's work paid for the PhD. So oh, no student better. loan debt there. But actually, our real estate investing journey started while we were here. Because of COVID, everything shut down here and really it shut down worldwide, right? Yeah. And because of that, especially over here, we were locked down for much longer. And so Michael and everyone was sent home from work. I was already working from home. And mm -hmm. so with that, Michael and I were like, okay, what are we going to do? And so we started a mini book club with each other. One book led to another, which was multiple streams of income by Robert Allen. The whole mm -hmm. second section talks about real estate. Michael's like, we have to give this a shot. And what we discovered right away was that everything had gone virtual networking yeah. events, conferences, everything. And so we knew that that was our greatest advantage because we were in the same position as everybody else. We were in our living room being able to talk to people all over the US, really all over the world and meet as the all the same people that they were. So what we really did was like think to ourselves every single day, if virtual networking and conferences ended tomorrow, like, would we be satisfied with the effort we put in? Because that was our lifeline, right? That was how we were going to meet partners. That was how we we're going to meet brokers, lenders, all of the above. And so we really just put in the extra effort while that was happening because right away, right? We saw that Florida was not really too happy with the lockdowns. Texas wasn't really having much of that either. So we knew that that was going to spread throughout the U.S. and that people were going to start wanting to go back to in-person stuff. And 
We, well, that, that spread to Canada too. They they did a little convoy to our nation's capital and all sorts of stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, that's that is fascinating. So you guys are relatively new to the whole real estate investing space. Yeah. You jumped in, COVID hit hard. That's when you decided to really focus on this after doing your own little book club. I love that. And <laughs> so let me let me ask you this. What did you decide to focus on first when it comes to real estate investing? What strategy or style of real estate investing resonated with you most, seeing that you're going to be doing it from afar? That's a fascinating idea. Hold that thought for a second. Hi there, this is Dave DeBow, and real estate investors hire me to raise capital the right way. Why? Because most of them are stuck with too small of a portfolio, and they don't know how to attract investors and raise money for their deals. So I help them to connect, capture, and close their ideal money partners. Bottom line, when you've got a deal, you're going to have the capital to do it. So go ahead and book a no-cost capital clarity session with me at bookachatwithdave.com. Again, that's book at chatwithdave.com. Dave, I think a lot of your listeners might kind of resonate with this is like a lot of people get their start in single family. And that was kind of our thought process too. It's like, hey, it's just me. It's just my money. It feels I, safe. It feels safer, right? <laughs> Air quotes around, you know, safe, right? Yeah. Because it's like, well, if it's only me or in this case, Susie and I being affected. And so <clears throat> Susie and me being affected. And so that's where we kind of started. And we started looking at, how we can and you know invest in single family. We're going to do like, you know, buy an undervalued home, repair it, rent it out, and collect so rent burr, that way. The burst burr, strategy. Exactly, yep. The burst strategy. So that was the plan. And then we it sounds to- like that's not what came to fruition. So that's what you <laughs> yeah. what did you end up doing? Yeah, absolutely. So we actually had like uh, two doors on a contract for that were single family. We're going to do this whole thing. And then a natural disaster kind of came through this city in Iowa. And it was like an inland hurricane, long story, but it made us kind of pivot to something else. Like we didn't panic, we pivoted and we moved on to multifamily. Like that was our 10 year goal was to get into multifamily. After we accumulated all the single family homes, then we were going to kind of save up the money and then, and then eventually get into multifamily. That was the end goal of this whole single family thing. And so, yeah, so, so you want to do a bunch of single family homes, build up your nest egg liquidate those, buy some big buildings and kind of do it that way, which is what a lot of people think. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. And that's what, that was our thought process. That was our plan. But after this natural disaster came through, we kind of took a step back. We pivoted towards multifamily because we're like, you know what, let's just go ahead and tackle this now. And it gave us opportunity to do so. And then after that, it was off to the races. I mean, there was a lot of prep work in between there, but then we closed on our first asset as lead sponsors, 88 units. Since then, we've acquired over 500 units. So, congratulations! Yeah. So, okay, so let's let's back up for for the mom and pop real estate investors who might not be familiar with syndications with doing these big kind of deals. Yeah. How did two folks that don't have any previous real estate investing experience get into an 88 unit building right off the get go? What did what does that actually look like? Did you guys have amazingly deep pockets? And you came up with all the money and you bought that sucker on your own. Did you partner with a bunch of other people and you've got a, you've, you've raised some capital for that deal and you've got a, a slice of equity in it? How does that look? No, that's a great question. It all really comes back to networking. So because we sh- were showing up every single 
week, every single day on different networking events, people were taking us seriously because people were taking us seriously. We had like small introductions here and there. And so finally someone was like, Hey, you're investing in Oklahoma. I know somebody who's investing in Oklahoma and I'd like to introduce them to you. And that individual was in the same area that we were investing, but he wanted much larger properties. Mm-hmm. And because he saw us putting in the work, because we started meeting with him weekly and we actually came with like questions and results every week. We then asked him like, Hey, would you mind mentoring us on our first deal? He said, I will be here to answer questions, but that's really all I want. I can help. If I see that, like you've put in the work, I can like give suggestions afterwards, but like, I want to see you guys grow too. So he was a really big help because when we submitted our LOI, the broker knew who he was and he could vouch, you know, for us because he was part of our team. And then another part though, was that through networking, we could bring on other people to help raise capital, right? Cause like, that was a huge part for us is that it was our first time. So we wanted to see how it went. So like, while we were networking, who were other people that we saw that were showing up consistently and had like the same values that we did. So that was a big part of it. And then Lastly, because a huge part is like boots on the ground, right? Because we weren't there and our mentor had already said, I'll be there to answer questions, but I don't really want another part. We were at a conference and someone said, you need to let everyone know, like in your circle that you're in real estate investing or else when you do start talking about real estate investing, if it's like when you already need to help raise capital for a deal or just raise capital for a deal, no one's going to take you seriously because it's going to be like, wait, this is the first time. So we put it out there and somebody that Michael went to school with undergrad was like, Hey, I am also in real estate now. Like I'd love to see how this goes. So that like no liking trust connection Mm -hmm. was already there. And that really helped us as well. But so we put it all together and what the biggest part was, was that when it came to lenders, when it came to brokers, when it even just came to like insurance or property manager, like we treated them like people and we kept following up with them so that they knew we were serious as well. And they just weren't a like pawn piece for us. They were mm-hmm. very important. We needed to establish that relationship, but then even the biggest part, cause I think this is huge and not talked about enough is that like we interviewed five or six property managers before we found the one that really connected with us. Mm-hmm. And like, we are so thankful for that because our property manager now ha- it has been with us for all of our syndications or just all our properties in Oklahoma. And that's a big deal because that part stresses people out the most really after you close. Yeah. And like, you don't want to continuously be stressed out just because the person who is watching your property from nine to five Monday through Friday, isn't doing the job that you want them to do. Yeah. Very, very well said. So, okay. So unwrapping this first deal, because it's fascinating, that's that's a very big deal to jump into. First of all, how many, how much capital did you guys need to raise for that property? That's a great question. I think it was like 1.7. Yes. Yeah, 1.7 okay. million. Yeah. So did you did you guys, if you don't mind me asking, did you guys put up some of the money yourselves and then raise capital from syndicate the deal and, and bring on a bunch of investor partners? Yeah. So like between Michael and I and somebody else who's like hands-on day-to-day, um, we raised that money together. Cool. Mm-hmm. We also put in, you know, some capital ourselves. Yeah. yeah. 10% because that's usually what the lender Okay. So you've for. got, you've, it sounds like you got an active partner who's kind of the boots on the ground person in that location or, or close mm-hmm. by and, yeah. and you guys are 
are part of the um, the general partners on that deal. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All and right, now um, that was how we initially got our foot in the door for this market. And then we realized that we could do most of the stuff that Boots on the Ground was doing. And now Susie, Susie goes back. Susie now has left her W2 back to the States almost monthly. So we were able to pretty much handle everything from, you know, from LOI all the way through closing and asset management now of, of, of the deals that we close on. Yeah, we still have very strategic like partners with us, but we just learned like what partners we need, what their role are and like how to make the best team, even just for our investors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, congratulations to you guys. That is a very, very fast takeoff. That's for sure. And now that you're a couple of years in and you've got a lot of doors under management, what do you find is working best? I know you guys have got a podcast, you've got different platforms. What are you finding works best for you guys to generate investors, investor leads, that kind of thing? What what What's working well for you guys? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the biggest thing, Dave, is getting on other people's podcasts and also having our own podcast because we see we do see an uptick of like once a podcast is released that we've been on, we do see an uptick and we're obviously following the data for our like website and things like that. So we do see that quite a bit and we get a lot of investors to that. And actually, I think last year, 2021, 2021, <laughs> we were on over a hundred podcasts. And so wow. that really helped us. That was our goal. Our goal was to do like four a month, something like that. And we ended up just saying, you know what, let's just go to a week. (laughs) Two a week. Sometimes it was 10 a week and other weeks it was zero. I I should have given it out. That that is fantastic. So yeah, that's a great way of getting the word out. That's for sure. Now, if people want to find out more about you guys and check out your podcast, what should they do? Yeah, the best way, Dave, is just to go to our website. It's uh, adventurousrei.com forward slash info. And there is a landing page. So you talked about our podcast and we, so there's a landing page. You'll be able to find a link to our podcast. You'll find a link to our YouTube channel, be able to connect with Susie and I on LinkedIn and then learn all about us and our, how we focus on a different ROI, which is return on impact. Very cool. Well, you guys, this is fascinating. Congratulations. Hats off to you for taking advantage of the crappy situation COVID put us all in and, and really squeezing all the juice out of that and taking massive action and, and creating an amazing portfolio in record time. Congratulations. Thank thanks, you. Dave. I appreciate that. There's a silver lining and everything. Exactly. All right, you guys, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you check out Michael and Susie's website and their podcast. We'll have the links in the show notes and we'll see you on the next episode. Well, hey there, thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, then I'm going to invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book right back there. There it is. The Money Partner Formula. You can get a PDF version at InvestorAttractionBook.com. Again, InvestorAttractionBook.com. Take care.